0: yeah for how
1: long
0: ever okay there's still a coffee shop on the Upper East Side that I went to I used to go to it every day every day every day that I went to the Upper East Side I would go there because they're good and uh and then one day they gave me coffee that wasn't hot and then and then they and and then they And i was like it's not hot and then they and then they steamed it with like the frother and then i went from going there every day for like two years to never going back and and i knew them all but i and i still hold that grudge the other day i thought maybe i'll go there and then i thought no i can't still pissed about that cup of coffee
1: whoa i know i
0: hold the grudges that i hold aren't even ones worth holding i'm mad at my favorite sandwich shop because they didn't call my name out what (laughs) and then my sandwich was cold
1: okay okay that's terrible
0: (laughs) (laughs) do you hold grudges
1: um yeah yeah i actually do and i i really um I try to like not do it and what happens is I'll be like oh I'm really mad at that person and then I'll forget that I have a grudge and then I'll be like oh crap I'm good at holding
0: grudges against like places but not as much with people
1: oh oh yeah no I'm I was I'm I'm pretty good at holding them against people but then I forget about them and I just forget that it happened and then I'm like oh wasn't I mad at them and then I can't remember what it was for and then I just move on yeah but yeah I, there's some places here that I like will never go back to that I was treated so badly and then there were some places that I was like oh man I wish I could just go back to that restaurant I can and yeah but you can't
0: after you just after you make the decision
1: I know I've done it though I've like been really mad and boycotted stuff and then be like I missed that place and then I'll just go back and pretend like it never happened
0: I know I'm already ready to go back to the sandwich, sandwich place sandwich. that i so much yeah yeah Related yeah things. speaking of grudges yeah i hold a serious grudge with kansas okay just in general the state
1: of kansas yeah um
0: and
1: kind of really kind of wide yeah like a wide berth of hate but go on
0: yeah and and I'm going to hold that one forever, I think. Wait, why? You just got to go. You got to go and spend a year there to understand.
1: How terrible is it? It was bad. Wait, was it bad because you were in a bad place or was it bad because Kansas is bad?
0: It could be a bit of both. I mean, I worked, at, I worked nights at Target, okay. you know, stocking shelves by myself. Which actually awesome. stocking shelves by yourself is a lot better than having to unload the truck with a team of people. Okay. People that show up to unload the truck at four in the morning, they don't <laughs> want to talk to you, but you're just a kid and you're like, I do not I do not know. You know. <laughs> and, uh, and so you talk to them and they're like, I don't want to talk to you. And you're like, I don't want to unload the truck anymore. I want to work nights. <laughs> so I can be by myself in a giant, in the whole back room which is crazy um you know anybody can just walk in that back room there really i mean targeting
1: can at the target in kansas probably
0: any target though you just walk in there and it would just be me back there by myself walking around
1: so at night
0: yeah i mean until like i worked until close like i would work i'd be the only backroom employee from like 5 to 10 or something like that or 11 i think 11 okay yeah and uh and I just like get stuff off of shelves, you know,
2: Yeah. Okay. and put it
0: on carts and then people would come and put it out on the shelves in the store. Um, and then the liquor store closed at 11 as well.
1: Oh, right.
0: And so it was like, that was a real issue. Because right. if you didn't plan ahead, then so you'd have to go to your manager and you'd be like, dude, can I just get out of here? Like, seriously, five minutes early, I can run. There's a place in the strip mall across the big street. You got- You'd be like, no, dude, you can't leave early. We work.
1: <laughs> the problem with planning ahead to buy alcohol is, like, it makes you feel like maybe you have a drinking problem. Yeah. Like, nobody wants to plan ahead. Like, when I get off, I'm going to pound six beers. Like, I just want to, like, get off work, go get the beers, drink, yeah. pound them. I don't want to, like, have to...
0: Have to schedule them. it.
1: Yeah. Like, what What a disappointment.
0: Oh, man.
1: Is that wrong? No?
0: No. That's, yeah. Oh, I lived in a basement, but my rent was $200 a month, which was cool. Okay. One bedroom apartment, basement apartment, no windows at all.
1: That's
2: not
0: true. There's a frosted glass window behind a bush, but it's tiny.
1: Okay. When I got out of grad school, I went to North Carolina, the universe. I taught for a semester at UNC Chapel Hill, and I didn't know anybody, Yeah, I was teaching in the ceramics department and then I had a job as a waitress where I would wait on the other teachers and it was
0: that's not good you don't want to do that right no
1: it was pretty bad and wait how many
0: classes were you teaching just one
1: one. yeah I was just doing like a just really yeah it was really hard I didn't know anybody I didn't have any friends and like it was rough like times like when you go travel and you just kind of miss they can be really really isolating right
0: yeah yeah I when I was in Colorado I had the option to like stick around for another semester but I was just going to teach one class right that was all that was available and then I was like I was having flashbacks to Kansas and working at Target and I was like I and you know what was scary about the whole thing too What was that my parents kept being like You should really stay, like, there was some weird thing where if I worked, like, one shift at Target a month, I could, like, keep it, and then I could just transfer from place to place. I wouldn't have to try and get hired at any Target. Right. And my parents saw it as, like, such a good long-term option for me that they were, like, you should keep that going so you don't ever have to try and get that sweet job again.
2: (laughs)
1: take but it, a look at me now yeah
0: um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> jesus
0: but it was i oh so i left so i just left colorado
1: yeah which also makes me it's also like you also left kansas but yeah do you want to give the silver lining of this story because i know that there's a silver lining silver i'm
2: not lining. sure if there is one
1: Amy Santa Ferraro. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, 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 Jesus. yeah, yeah. That was it. That was it. Good friends. That's my only. So that's my. The what made Kansas good. Was Amy Santa Ferraro, Kyle Triplet, Jamie Barker, Cassie Stone, Nick Vest. There were others. There were good people there. There were great Timmy Tucker. There were good people. okay but but all of them have now left Kansas. so now I got beef with Kansas.
1: Okay, so for all of the all of the one listener in Kansas, I'm sorry that um, Gus is pushing you away. Uh, Maybe there's I, new good
0: I bet there's I new good people in Kansas. Kansas. Listen, I bet it, there's new good people. Kansas was the first place I ever sweated through my shorts on the first day, <laughs> the first day at, at Kansas State <laughs> University. <laughs> I'm trying to make new friends i just moved there from montana and i <laughs> honest to god thought that kansas was gonna be cool i was like well all of my friends were like oh you know well you know we were all graduating and they're like oh i'm moving to seattle i'm starting a fucking grunge band and i'd be like dude it's not the 90s anymore and they'd be like, <laughs> oh i'm moving to boise everybody was moving to boise
1: that's oh to go to go skiing
0: I, I'm not really sure what Boise is. I think it's Boise so is weird. just, it's like Portland. It was like the new Portland for a little okay, bit.
1: Okay, I've never or heard Portland. that, but go on.
0: It was, it, it, I don't know, I never went, but I think it was. <laughs> okay. um, and then, uh, and I was like, I'm moving to Kansas. And everyone was like, what the fuck is, why are you such a stupid idiot? And I'd be like, no, it's going to be cool. <laughs> um, and then the first day, the first day at the university, like I got there, and I found an apartment, and it was this sad basement apartment full of spiders, and it just reeked a cat pee.
1: Oh, Jesus.
0: And you couldn't air it out. You couldn't air it out. And it was rough. But it was cool. It was the first time I lived by myself. Um, and uh, I didn't like the spiders, though. That was not great. Um, oh, my God. And, um, and I was really, I was obsessed with brown recluse spiders, and I thought that they were in my apartment all the time. Yeah, that's fair. So I do like these massive cleanouts, um, And then I don't even remember where this was headed, Kami.
1: Um, I think.
0: Oh, first day, first day. So I'm in <laughs> Kansas. I'm like, okay, I'm independent. I don't even think I had a bed at this point. Cause like I had friends of mine were coming to visit because North Dakota State University was playing Kansas State University. And they were going to, like, drive a bunch of my shit to me in a trailer, in a U-Haul, in a trailer that they tailgate in. They were like, we'll put Gus's stuff in the trailer when we go to tailgate. So I, I, like, didn't own anything at the time. Like, I didn't have any furniture. I think I was just, like, sleeping on the floor. And for, like, a week or two until my friends got there with my bed. Um, And so I was, like, just, like, and so then I go to the university first day of, like, school as a post back, which isn't really school. And... It was so hot and I had to work in this like dank cellar area and I just sweated through my shorts so I'm meeting all my new friends and I'm just sweated through my shorts
1: <laughs> gross
0: I know like, that's why that, that's, I'd be
1: like oh dude
0: it was just a year of that kind of stuff
1: oh I feel for you I really do um okay but the best thing about it it is Amy Santa Ferrara yeah okay yeah so Gus was like we have to have Amy Santa Ferrara on and I was like come on and then like a week later he'd be like yeah we got to have Amy Santa Ferrara on so I was like okay 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 I get it we got to have Amy Santa Ferrara on I get it because I've never met her and yeah um, but I did I did see a picture of her and I was like oh it looks. she looks like somebody that I would be friends with
0: yeah you guys would be friends yeah yeah color wise uh, you two would be friends
1: yeah exactly so then we get her on the podcast and um like we're from like 20 minutes apart and i fell seriously i fell in love with her i wish i w- I hope that like we live close to each other at some point in our lives
0: yeah yeah i wish that she would move back to the east coast that but i think she's like i think she's californian now a west coaster now
1: so our conversation with amy that you're about to hear it was
0: it's like succinct and it's like very kind of like point a to point b is that exactly, what you're gonna say
1: yeah i was gonna say that and also you'll never see gus fanboy out you'll never hear gus fanboy out as much as he does with Amy. also Garrett.
0: i was just kidding the conversation's just <laughs> the most like rambled scattered. jumbled
1: we don't even know what it's gonna be it's crazy yeah but yeah
0: i i uh I really love Amy Santa Ferraro. Um Her and Kyle Triplett, who were like the two professors there when I was a post back, were uh, just massive in my education and me still being an artist today. Um, That's
1: amazing. And I'm,
0: and I'm still That's close great. with both of them, which is great. We're friends with, yeah. I can say close, I'll say close.
1: I- I mean, that's up to you. If you, like, I
0: know they might refute that. We'll cut it out if they, if they say no. Um,
1: so, if you're from Kansas, you may want to just write in and tell us what's so great about it, just to get Gus back on board with the state of Kansas. And don't
0: send me, yeah, don't send me stuff about Kansas City, okay?
1: Oh yeah, I, I want to
0: hear because you know where I never went. People say Wichita's got some good stuff going on, but I never went there.
1: I've never yeah. actually been to Kansas, so. i don't have a problem with it
0: you know when i lived in kansas i met a guy that had never left kansas
1: that's that crazy yeah i've met some people like that in my life like where you're like wow
0: never left yeah actually that's not true he said he went to kansas city one time for a some sports game oh which is just across the border but isn't that crazy
1: yeah never left kansas it's pretty crazy but they do have Mahomes as their quarterback, so.
0: If you've never left the state that you live in, you should leave. You should leave.
1: <laughs> now that the pandemic is coming to a close, fingers crossed, you should go see the world, right?
0: Yeah. Or even just like the next state. Like, see what it's all about. Go see the other side of your state. If you live in New York City and you've never been to Buffalo, don't go. It's not worth it. But go that's to Rochester. That's
1: true. I go to Rochester. That's even arguable. Ghost? Rochester's is better than Buffalo but it, Niagara Falls is really sweet
0: it's not that cool what it's just a big waterfall
1: that? it's yeah, just exactly a... it's like the biggest waterfall you'll except for Victoria Falls it's like the biggest waterfall like one of them in the world it's like a it's majestic
0: it's not majestic because there's a Ripley's believe it or not like 10 feet away
1: uh, yeah that does kind of take away from the... if you were in the woods
0: <laughs> and you could see it but instead there's there's a ripley's believe it or not there's like a laser tag place
1: and you have to drive through love canal the grossest place in the united states to get <laughs> to it oh, yeah that whole area fucking sucks
0: and and when you go there don't go to the place that invented buffalo wings because they're not that good <laughs> so just go find, look up whatever place has the best buffalo wings, but don't go to the place that invented them. Cause it's not, it, cause then you're going to be like, oh, well that, that'll give me something to tell people at parties. I went to the place that invented buffalo wings, but nobody cares. It's not like a good topic to talk about.
1: That's so funny because that's something that I would be like, what was it like? I need to know everything.
0: Yeah. Like, that's just like if,
1: Buffalo wings are very important to me. I
0: know. So go find, cause you know that there's gotta be like crazy good buffalo wings in buffalo. Yeah. But you don't need to go to the place that invented it because you just go to the place that's the best now.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: The place that invented it is like just riding that high, you know?
1: <laughs> I do know. I do. Yeah. Well, this is a blast. Anyway, here she is, Amy Santa Ferrara. Um,
0: I think this is going to be a funny episode because uh, Amy is like one of my favorite people and one of like the most important people in my in my life and but every time I'm like with her it always turns into like real me being like student and professor uh and so I feel like I might it might I might be kind of quiet during this one
1: oh that's really funny because I was just telling Amy right before like just a second before you got on that um you talk about her all the time. We'll
0: never shut the fuck oh. up about Yeah, you
1: talk about her all the time. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, so when I when Amy and I met, which was very briefly, there was no, we didn't really talk. It was just like, I think later, Gus and I became friends. It was at your opening, Gus. Oh, yeah. Um, but then, you know, you would be like, you would love Amy, or you should be more like Amy. I, I just say or... that to people
0: all the time, even if it has nothing.
1: <laughs> I know. Or I wish Amy was here, and it's just me and Gus hanging out. <laughs> like, I wish I started Amy. a podcast Amy. with Amy.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god! See what I'm saying? It's really uh, hard.
0: Well, so Amy Aww, was thanks. my pr- was my professor when we when I was at Kansas State University for a, a whole year and I got to like really connect with someone who was an actual adult like I had my professors <laughs> in undergrad were great but they but they were like you know it was, there was like a real clear professor-student divide and, and like every now and again we'd get to do fun stuff like go out and get a beer with them but um, I got to know Amy really well and I got to like see what a life in the arts could be like and even just going over to her house the first time was such a blast and um, Aww. it was like so beautiful. And then at some point she, she came art, went out of business and she bought like airsoft guns and we'd sit on the back deck and shoot at beer cans in the tree. Oh, that's awesome. And, and I, one time I tried to jump over a fence and I broke it and she wasn't even mad at me. And I biked up the next day and repaired her fence. <laughs>
3: um, <laughs> we sure made that place fun. We had to do something. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was there right before going to grad school, but, um, and I hated Kansas, but, uh, you and Kyle Triplett did such a good job at like building such a good, like little art community. And there's still people that I'm like friends with from that time, even though I don't see them that often, like, uh, I don't know. It was such a funny little bubble in that like terrible
3: town. We got, we got so lucky just the the magical connection that we all got to forge um yeah. and y'all being there just a year it seems strange because it feels like you yeah. were there the whole time i was there right like yeah. I, I think you arrived my second second or third year and it felt like you really you guys really helped set the pace for that fun um yeah it was what, so good yeah oh it was so fun
1: i think what do we, did we- Gus, did we talk about that on the last podcast about how what? Amy sent you a letter saying like you were expecting somebody else to be there?
0: Yeah. Amy, do you remember this?
2: What
1: like, did I send I,
2: you?
0: I, I So when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do after undergrad, I was like looking at post-bac oh. programs and the two I wanted to go to were K-State and then Arkansas. Um, but I had to make the decision about k-state before i was going to hear back from arkansas yeah um, and i like at the time just like really 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 wanted to work with dylan back and that was like the main reason that i applied and then uh he ended up like leaving and taking another job and you called me oh yeah and it was just such a good like straightforward you're like look this happened to me like <laughs> you know if if you're like if you if that's the only person you want to work with and you want to like back out you know, no hard feelings. I totally understand. But it was, I don't think I had talked to you. Like, I think that was the only time I talked, the first time I talked to you on the phone. And I was just like, I'm in. I like this person.
3: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the same yeah. thing happened to me at LSU. I was super excited to go work with John Bird. And when I showed up, they were like, We're, we're loading John Bird's studio up. And I was like, Where to? And they were like, Moving truck. They kicked him out. And I was like, What? what, (laughs) I moved
2: across the country.
3: Oh my God, they didn't tell you? It was like some bizarre thing where the university, I don't, it was like university politics, right? Like some unfulfillment of this paperwork. And so it was just like somebody putting their foot down and being like, oh yeah, well you can't have that one guy that teaches there have a studio, get up, you know, like something bad, dumb
0: and that's Um, where that's where you worked with bobby silverman right mm -hmm. yeah
3: but it ended up that i that i like worked with john bird like we were employees together so it was a oh funny you know how you were saying like you default to student teacher like i got to form like
1: a friend like a real-life friendship
3: like slang and clay with yeah buddy relationship instead of trying to like glean all of his secrets like we Uh. just had shop talk all the time it was Pretty interesting, different. So you
1: you still got all the secrets without all the yeah and probably got more like
3: insider scoops and secrets like real secrets that I wouldn't have gotten if we were inside <laughs> academic walls.
1: <laughs> so crazy! I love that. That's interesting. Like that's another way of looking at people. At like a lot of people write in and ask us about you know like there's a lot of students that listen to the podcast that are like how do we do life. You're like oh, yeah. yeah, everyone's got a different thing. But you went to Alfred for, for graduate school too.
3: I went there right? for graduate school. Okay. Yeah. I went Ohio State. Ohio okay. State for undergraduate school and then um, immediately left and went to watershed and worked for the summer. Watershed center for ceramic arts in Newcastle, Maine. And then from there went to Louisiana for a year for post back. Then went to Aramont School of Arts and Crafts (laughs) for a residency. (laughs) Then I stuck around Philadelphia for four years at the Clay Studio. And then graduate school at Alfred for two years. Kansas State University for five, four, five. And then um, Oregon College of Art and Craft and i
0: forgot
3: about that. i know i forgot about it too oh, pacific Northwest I've, college. Been trying,
0: I've been trying to figure out where you went after kansas for such a long time
3: uh, <laughs> i was in portland for like two years i think <laughs> at ocac the pacific northwest college of art and um yeah now i've been here for three
1: okay so who is who is your like like if gus is like if gus is if you're Gus's favorite, who is your favorite?
3: Whoa! I don't know if I moved right into Gus's favorite.
1: Oh yeah, you're right. C-
3: category.
1: No, that's true. That was a little, like overstated. Okay, let's. Well, I live- believe I
0: said one of. One of. Let's one do of. an equation. Let's not push it. Okay. Let's do yeah,
1: an equation. If Gus <laughs> is to you, then who are you to somebody else? <laughs>
2: um.
1: Is that no? Let me rephrase that again. <laughs> who do you have like a do you have like a mentor, like a person one specific person that you're like changed everything for me?
3: Um there's not just one, there's many. And they come they come often if you are ready for them in different in different ways. <laughs> um the, the like person who set me straight with clay. I always give credit to, he um, was my my first teacher, David DeMello. He was a graduate student at Ohio State. And he he basically like wouldn't let me walk away from it. You know, like he, he was like, you're good at this. I don't know what you think your life is going to be, but it's probably should be this. Uh-huh. Uh, go like, if you're serious about this, I want you to go to Arrowmont and work over the summer and see what it's like to like think about art as a career or a serious like hobby or just something you are interested in. So he like arranged that and got me a job um, over the summer. And then it was only two year program at Ohio State. So then the whole next year, he like took me to every lecture he could think of and just like took me under his wing and shoved all art and all ceramics like down my throat and um, um
1: so he basically indoctrinated you to the cult of clay
3: yeah but he wasn't like a super super ceramic-y person either and i think that's why i ended up the way i did right like he went to kansas city art institute oh um and he also, he was like, okay, if you're really serious about this, it's great that you're here, but you should go to the Kansas city or institute for undergraduate school or like transfer right now. And then you should go to Alfred for graduate school. And that's how you'll, that's how you'll do this. And I was like, can I just stay here? I like, what I grew up just North. Uh. Well, it's
0: funny too. Cause that's such a good, like Ohio is also such a good program.
3: Yeah. That's what he was like. I'm, o- I'm only here because Alfred thought I was too weird. And I was <laughs> like, I'm glad you're here.
2: So- I mean, he
3: was making some pretty, pretty amazing and renegade, like I'd say renegade work at the time. Um, wow. but yeah, he, he was just like really supportive and kind and like, I think back on it and I've had the chance, like we, we are in contact. We're not in like great contact, but I re- I met up with him oh, I don't know, like five years ago and we spent just the day together in Boston. And um, I was like, did you realize the impact you were like imparting on me? He was like, oh, I say, it, I, you know, kind of, but I didn't, you know, like nobody really takes me that serious. Yeah. <laughs> wow.
1: Wow. But
3: yeah, I have, I have David DeMello to thank.
1: Um, okay, so Gus, What do you? Is there any pressing questions that you have for Amy? No. Okay, so I just want
0: to—I just want to chit chat with Amy. That's all I want to do.
1: I was (laughs) Amy. I love your work so much. Thanks, Amy. But I was wondering, like, what is your relationship? And I think this goes back to because I've like looked at a lot of your work. Like, what's your relationship with interior design? That's what I really, really want to know. That I've been kind of thinking about since we, I knew we were gonna interview you.
3: That's hilarious because I've been picking up and putting down, um, what is that? It's on my reading, it's on my reading table. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> she's pointing to like some room, we don't even know where she's, she's pointing to like God or heaven.
3: Another wing in her house.
1: Yeah, like what?
3: Um, the Baudrillard book, the like system. system of objects, is that what it is?
1: Oh, what is it? Let's talk about it. I don't know.
3: Object systems, uh, it's out there. Um, but I just read like page 39, it's all about interior design. And it's funny because he breaks it down into these sections. And one of them is seating and components. And I was in the studio right now. I was like, huh, that last thing I made actually ended up as a chair. And I'm currently thinking about a chair in here. Maybe this is, I just like follow along and make my work based on his pairings <laughs> of describing interior design.
1: That's really funny. Um,
3: but yeah, I think it is true. A lot of the work is about interiors. It's also a lot about um, like fabricated interior spaces. Um, and what I mean is is like the mall, right? Or like very specific Interiors.
1: Um, oh yeah. S- speak. Since we're both from that the same area, Summit Mall was like, like one of my favorite places to go because it was so. It had. The, it was carpeted first of all, and then it had this mystique. Just the second floor was carpeted. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought the whole thing was carpeted. <laughs> uh, well, it had the mystique of being like the far away from. That was like the furthest mall. I could get to, you know, without having to drive hours and hours. So that's like, I mean, I know, like, because I know the mall. Yeah. Specifically.
3: That mall, do you know that that mall, that, well, not Summit Mall, but Rolling Acres, which was just a little further south if you kept going. Yeah. That is like the number one urban exploration site.
1: Yes, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did know that. I'd actually never been to that mall, yeah.
0: Is wait what does what does that mean
3: uh like people go into abandoned buildings and
1: oh yeah it's a whole thing like film
3: and do yeah. stuff
1: like huh. there's like a was there a vice tv show about yeah malls? yeah yeah i think that was one of them right
3: yeah recently yeah. one of my students was like you grew up in akron did you go to rolling acres mall and i was like <laughs> oh my god every day like every day i yeah. that's where my first job was that you know
1: back so back to your work like how does like so when you think about like is it like an architecture or the object in space because it's, i also see that sorry i'm just giving you no. a critique that you never wanted no keep <laughs> but, going sorry no i think it's like like what you do is like you present a space for object or objects or like the niche of like it's the niche or it sometimes it's the object in the in the setting or?
3: Yeah, it's, it's all over the place and it's all of these things. I think a lot of it is about organization and um, like processing. Um, and I mean that in both like my understanding of the world and how I exist in it and how objects come into and out of my life. But then, like the bigger picture, like how we all use materials and how we all attribute value to materials or objects, depending on where they are or how we use them or where we put them. Um, I just, yeah, I'm like fascinated with it. I just think it's really, it's really weird. Um, I wrote something the other day. And I think I was forming like a... um, like if I had to make a sketch comedy of what my work of what my work is about. Okay,
2: this and is I, gonna be good.
3: The title for like how I would begin to explain it was Mickey Mouse Material Mimicry Min- Ministries. Where like <laughs> where the idea is um, my grandfather used to always say Mickey Mouse as like if something was kind of shoddy or like not well yeah. produced. I don't know, is that universal?
0: Uh, yeah, I remember I mean, someone using the term Mickey Mouse carpenter, like maybe yeah, yeah. my dad. Uh, yeah. yeah.
3: And then I just I often think about like what's good enough, right? Like we 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 fake all this stuff, or we make all of these things look like something else, um, or or we're like cutting and and like squinching things to fit them just so. And I'm always wondering like what for like why why do we do this does it really have to be just that way um and i you know i think the bigger there's some there's definitely some like control and trust issues (laughs) within that (laughs) um but yeah i
1: i don't know (laughs) that's Um, like that's like lovely that's like so just perfectly vague that I'm like um I don't know either Amy
3: (laughs) I don't know (laughs) um I've been thinking a lot lately too about what happens um what happens if I actually stop making objects at all there's been
1: oh I love this
3: there's been like this um and this isn't this this might take a a turn that isn't meant to be dark or sorrowful, (laughs) but (laughs) I, I, I might not like lately, all we've been doing, right? Is sitting in our homes amongst all of our objects. And all I've been doing is eradicating more and more from my life, right? Like, um, trying to sort of simplify down, trying to understand what's needed, what's valuable, um, what's essential in this time when like, we're not going many places. We're not doing that much. Um, and, you know, also within, within interiors, like thinking about having lived in a house for, you know, five years is the longest I've ever lived in one place in my adult life. And that was Kansas. And when I had to pack up all of that stuff, it freaked me out. Um, and so, yeah, I've lately been thinking a lot about like, this thing that I'm driven by in my work, like interiors and objects. And am I starting to like, see the other side where I'm like, oh my gosh, no, <laughs> I gotta get, oh, wow. gotta get rid of all this. So I've been entertaining the idea of um, writing and writing like kind of seriously. Um, and so I went down this path where I stumbled upon the term metaphysical poetry. And I was like, that sounds perfect. That sounds perfect. <laughs> um and it's basically the description of and like verbal illustration of fantastic situations or objects and i was like i'll just be a metaphysical poet then i don't have to accumulate all this stuff i'll just talk about it i'll just but make it
0: <laughs> you you really love stuff don't you
3: i do but i think i'm i think i'm growing up i think it's changing
0: yeah cuz you're like i got to hang out at your house for like a year And every time I went there, there was, like, something new to find in your house that was so full of good stuff. I wish I would have been there when you were moving. I bet you got (laughs) rid of some sweet stuff.
3: Well, you meet me in Kansas at that storage unit (laughs) anytime. time. Oh, jeez. Whoa. So are
1: you, you like, are you telling us, like, you're a borderline hoarder?
3: No, I'm too organized for that. Yeah,
0: that was, that's, like... It never, like, I loved going over there because there, there, there were there'd be like, like there was that funny cabinet that you had, kind of in the dining room, that had TV like, looking one. Yeah, that had like some of like the most. It seemed like some of the more treasured objects, but that and it house, was like, yeah, yeah. you had, had some the, good nooks and crannies in there to store stuff.
3: Yeah, it's hard because I like things, but I think I, I'm more like the variety. I like what. I like what the things represent, like I'm a sucker for the souvenir, Yeah. you know, like just the idea of souvenir that anything can kind of hold a story or meaning is huge. But at some point when you become like financially, like I could financially afford to get everything that I desired or wanted, because what I want is small things, you know, like, yeah dumb bouncy balls that nobody wants because they're miscolored or something um so but then i had to stop like i had to stop accruing things so i just put i just put some caveats on some collections and but now i'm i'm done i haven't actually purchased there's a basketball vase that i bought and that's the only object i've purchased in the three years that I've lived out here for, like, just for my home. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not a functional object that I, yeah. it's not a. Um, it's like something
1: that you were like, I, need, I should have this.
3: It's an art, it's yeah. an art. It's a, yeah. Uh,
1: there's a book called The Culture of Collecting. That's kind of like, it's, it's like essays about, I think different by different people, I'm not sure, about collecting and how it's ultimately about, you know, having power over, um, you know, like you're basically the, the god of your collection, right? So, yeah. and then it's really for, for people who are meant to be really organized, it's like gives them this like feeling of um, calm to be able to organize their collections. But then I'm to wondering them. now if you're like, if you're so, if the ultimate, like if that's true, then if the ultimate power is needing nothing, do you know what I mean? Like to overcome your like, your obsess- obsessing about collections is to like more control. It's even more control.
3: Yeah, no, I'm, I think I'm, it might be some bigger, higher power thing. Like I, I feel like every day I'm trying to move towards that. Um, what is, there's like a list of seven objects that a Buddhist monk needs to own.
1: Oh, what? No, what, is, what? No, I didn't know about this.
3: It's like, um, I mean, we could Google it super yeah. fast, but it's like a robe, an umbrella. There's just like seven things, a bowl, because you can use a bowl for like cup. Um, and then there's some other things, but it's mostly just like affects that go on your person or you use daily and that's it. Like, that's all, Um
1: Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I don't think
3: I, I don't think I could do it.
1: Oh my God. I just like having a nervous breakdown. I have like, I own like 10 chairs and there's only two of us in this apartment. I know.
3: I guess that's part of it too, is I I feel bad for things. Like I, um, yeah, I don't know. I have this real, like, I, it's, I think it's about value. Like I value everything. Like I don't see a thing and think of it, I was worthless, like that's just not how I was brought up. Um, And so when I see things that don't get sat on or serve a purpose now, it starts to feel really, like really sad to me. I don't know, whereas before it was fine to just be like this little capture museum. Um, I don't know, maybe it's because we've just been sitting around interiors so long lately.
1: Maybe, I don't know. We're like
3: real life dioramas. (laughs)
1: Well, I went through a phase a couple years ago, actually, when I was at Pratt, where I decided, like, I just couldn't imagine bringing one more object into the world. I was like, there's so many things in the world. Yeah. And so then I actually, like, started doing a lot of writing and, like, performing and stuff. So maybe, you know, maybe you're just at, like, the point where I was.
3: I think that's a little bit of it, too. Moving out of a house and then, like, having to process sort of moving through like the objects of somebody in my family that had passed, you know, where you're just like, what is all this stuff? Oh yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm a, I'm a clean machine here. Like I think people would be surprised to see how minimally I'm living mostly because I just left it all in Kansas. (laughs) Um, but even within that, it's still, I'm comfortable. I'm dialed in. Um, and not once, not once since I've left this 10 by 10 unit have I gone, oh, I have that thing there. It's all art. It's all like uh, trinkets and stuff, you know? But yeah. I can't, uh, like there are certainly a very amazing set of Warren McKenzie chili bowls next to like a inflatable ice cream cone, do you know? And like, <laughs> They're both of equal value and I'm sure I would miss both of them like when I, when I see them. So I don't know how to <laughs> try to figure out how to reconcile that storage unit.
1: Whoa,
0: <laughs> Amy, I think the last time I like caught up with you on Zoom, you gave me a tour of your house and you showed me your studio and there was a section where all you did was just like rearrange things. Is that Or did I make that up?
3: Oh no. Yeah. yeah. That,
0: <laughs> yeah it's like
3: drills <laughs> and it's funny are you, too. are you still doing it oh yeah it's, been, <laughs> and it's funny like i mean it hasn't been happening as much because of of covid but yeah. when a guest comes that room turns into the guest room so it gives uh. me another, another reason to just like Oh, I'm (laughs) going to have to take it all down again and put it all back up.
0: When we talked last time to you were showing me like cups that you were buying for the studio. And I think were they cups?
3: Paper plates, maybe?
0: No, (laughs) No. Cups. It was some cast ceramic object. I can't remember.
3: That I made?
0: No, I think you were buying them.
3: Oh, and then I was like going to make it like I made him?
0: I
2: don't, maybe. <laughs> and, and
0: I wish I could remember because it was, it was one of those um, moments where like you're talking to someone that I think I, God, I wish I could remember what it was. I, I'll text you when I think of it, but
3: honey I don't remember.
0: You were talking about it like with such, you had like a couple different like iterations of whatever this thing was. I can't remember what it was. And you were like talking about it with such. Like you were really walking me through like what the differences were between each one, which <laughs> is like something that only a person that really loves objects can do. That like I can do with weird things in my life, and you're just like, anytime I start doing it to someone, they're like, I don't know, I I don't know what you're.
3: Gosh, I can't what remember. What I remember what
0: stuff is in your studio right now. What would be ratchet strapped, or a zip tied? Oh. Into? Yeah, okay, what is this?
3: Oh, those are actually, okay, so that's kind of an intriguing body of work. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: what, what, are they, what are they again?
3: I Well, I never f- fully realized them because yeah. it, felt, it felt really wrong. Um, so it was right at the beginning of lockdown, which was nearly a year ago. So and it was crazy. stuff that I was making... For a specific cup show or no, it was for the art access show that was supposed to happen in, um, I I don't even remember what city it was supposed to be in Richmond. Yeah, Rich, Richmond. but it's I really had like... a, a canceled flight to there. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, So I was getting the work ready and, um, yeah, I just never finished it. Cause it felt, kind of cruel because the work happened not in consideration of COVID. And then I felt like, and I'll tell you why it feels kind of cruel. Um, Then I felt like if I titled it and released it under the guise that I had already intended before COVID, that I would just be an asshole. And so I, (laughs) so I just totally zipped it up. Um, But I should, now we're moving to a time where like, whatever um, we can, consider all this craziness every day or or just it was something that happened, um, I don't know. Um, so the work is all of these, uh, yeah, just found and collected cups and objects that then come together to make like a, a stack. It's kind of like the essentials, like just needing the essentials that the Buddhist monk would need. Um, and so it's like a small dish and a cup. And the cup is a plastic cup that was first made for Heller design by Massimo Vignelli, the man that designed all the New York City subway text. And then that cup was ripped off so hard. And you all know it. It's that like classic plastic with the open handle and they stack um, mugs. And that was ripped off by... Ingrid of Chicago, and then and then it was just ripped off to death. And so I, the the work that Gus is talking about is three different iterations of a construction of one of those cups, some sort of other small dish, um, and then a crate, and then it's ratchet strapped onto an IKEA shelf to be like a bedside table. <laughs> And the idea the idea behind the work was all about this sort of knockoff, right? Like this thing knocked off this thing, this thing stole the attributes of this and morphed into this. Um, playing with the idea of the knockoff in you know retail space as it exists, and then also physicality of like knocking something off.. Um, To make them these bedside tables and ratchet them down and i was tight i was like working really hard to to write this sort of accompanying piece about um how i'm not necessarily worried or welcoming cohabitation or or earthquakes but i am ready for both (laughs) (laughs) Because, because these bedside tables are like Um, One of them still retains the Ikea shrink wrap. Like that's so, that's like that Um, (laughs) non-committal. But there's the insurance of the ratchet strap so that like there won't be an argument about who knocked the water off the table, but that also you could take your whole kit and just run when you needed to, (laughs) either from your cohabitator or the earthquake. Um, And I just felt like I couldn't, during COVID, I didn't feel like I could, Put that out there like I just felt like it was too close right like um people were like getting divorces in the second or third week and I was just like there's no way I'm gonna even put this out as like
1: haha
2: if I don't want to
1: yeah the context would be really yeah awkward weird so hey. I'll, I'll
3: okay. release it some other time. <laughs>
1: you should go back and look at those early pieces of Andrea Zitel where she was mm-hmm. making all that stuff for herself sort of like what you're like what you're talking about sort of reminds me of that sort of work yeah i've
3: i've always loved her work and i you know i've not been out to the compound sort of out out here i've certainly been out to Joshua tree but um yeah her work i think is like a cleaner more direct hit at what i'm about mine's like kind of a muppeted muppeted like
1: that's a great descriptor pg version it's just like (laughs) elements yeah yeah elements of it sounded like you know there, there there was there's some roots that sound similar but not at all yeah
3: no i i got to see her speak uh recently at pomona college and she's I think she's tight with one of the professors there, so it was kind of a different talk. Like she, um, she really like shot from the hip. It wasn't like a super. She's probably given millions of talks, you know, and yeah. you could tell it wasn't prescribed. It was like she had really thought about her her friend and peer at the college and made made the talk for the students and and her friend. And it was, it was awesome. It was like totally eye opening. And yeah, for the first time, I felt like oh. You were somebody that I was looking to or like understood in the art world as this person, like making making work, but making work about life and like the product isn't necessarily the, like the sale. I don't know. She's got yeah. a really interesting handle on, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued.
1: I love that. I love talking, like, Gust, who do you have that's like that? Like for me, it was like, some of the first earliest like earliest artists that I like fell in love with were like Mike Kelly and um, Sandy Scogland. She did these like crazy huge installations. Like I remember, like undergrad, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like Jeff Koons, I was like in love with. Who Who are your like early, uh- early, early, early inspirations?
0: Yumi Horie is like the one of like the reasons I went to school like I just made bad knockoffs at her work for like three years um, and uh, yeah I mean she she was really big and then because I was so deep in ceramics for such a long time like my mind was really blown when I started taking sculpture classes and things like that because I just didn't know anything um, and especially painting like I didn't get into painting at all until kind of recently but um like Philip Gustin was somebody who I just became like obsessed with and I also love Jeff Koons and my brother gives me so much shit about it <laughs> uh, mostly just because I, I like I'm such a sucker for like materials and and the way he uses materials is so crazy but also so is like I show Amy's work to students really often and, and so often students are like, okay, wait, what's that part made out of? And I'm like staring at a picture being like plastic, <laughs> no ceramic, <laughs> or maybe it's wood with like rubber coating or, <laughs> and, and even being in, in Amy's studio, I would get sucked into those things of just being like,
3: what is this? <laughs> it's funny. I think now I've, For a while I was um really obsessed with the idea of mimicry, like that clay is this super mimicker, right? Yeah Yeah. and then then I was like, oh I I actually just gonna use the thing. (laughs)
2: Like like
3: there was a tipping point. At some point I felt like I had to have like a certain amount um of either time spent with clay to figure something out or physical weight of clay to still count as a clay or ceramic artist. And I don't, I don't necessarily think that way anymore. And it's not like, it's not like a, I don't care sort of thing. It's just like, um, I don't know. I think my, my like material vocabulary has opened up that I'm using materials like how I want to use them or informed because of my clay work. And that feels fine. Like that feels like they've passed through me. It's not as just. um,
0: Do do you think any part of it is also just being like, sort of um, like you, you like kind of paid your dues in ceramics. And so now if you spend some time outside of it, you're not going to like get kicked out of the (laughs) clay club. Cause that's been. I mean,
3: I mean, that might be the reality of yeah. it there. I mean, it's the sadder reality of it is the larger sculpture world probably doesn't care about me. Yeah. <laughs> like <that's, laughs> right? Like, I, yeah. I mean, I don't mean to um, Well, and I mean, the other part of it is, I'm no longer like right now I'm not in a, I'm not in a position where anybody's looking to me to achieve anything. I know that sounds kind of lazy,
2: but <laughs> <laughs>
3: like typically when you're in a tenure track role or a oh, yeah moving forward through academia role, you have certain benchmarks you have to hit things yeah, yeah. you got to do. And having no affiliation, like permanent affiliation with the institution, I really can do whatever I want. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I think it's I think it's just I maybe I'm paying more attention to what needs to happen with the work and less about like forcing what I know or my my easy like go-to material onto it. Yeah.
1: I think that I think that's actually a thing. I think I think about that a lot too. Like using clay because it's so easy. Do you know what I, you know what I mean? It's just like such an easy Uh, like easy material to just be like I'll just make it a clay because first of all I know how to do it I could do it really fast and I know it's going to look really good Um, but also it's like you know and I'm sure Gus must go through this all the time where you know the thing doesn't have to this is like an old conversation too like why clay you know why is every object in clay
0: because I never learned how to paint
1: see (laughs) that's exactly
0: <laughs> i feel like yeah, there's, I mean like i i um yeah so often i'm and people are like you should just paint you big stupid idiot like but there there's also just like a funny um it's like i learned i really like learned a lot about this material and i like like there are because as much as clay can be a pain in the ass there's so many things that it can do that like so many other materials can't and and if you like yeah like you can really do some amazing stuff with it and and there's still like as much as I know about the how I make my work right now because it's been the same for like a couple of years now so it's like pretty dialed in <laughs> there's still really often stuff that where I like unload a kiln and I'm like huh I didn't, I, I didn't see that coming. Um, and sometimes it's good and a lot of times it's not so good, but um, it's kind of an amazing thing.
3: I, I think you, that that might be why I stick with it is <clears throat> there's not many things that can continuously surprise you. Yeah. And I was talking to somebody the other day, you know, they were like, what are you going to do? Your job, you don't have a job in May. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, If I can figure out how to make, how to turn curiosity into capital, that's what I want to do. And I think that's what ceramics taught us, right? Is like, you have to go after it in a million different ways. You have to be curious about it to get any sort of working plan that you can stick with. But I think that's also what's led me to want to look beyond it, right? Like, this system of understanding this way of working and like working empirically and scientifically and physically, it's what makes me want to go and forth and do that with other things. So I'm a little like, it's your own fault ceramics for (laughs) shoving me away. You gave me too many opportunities to think hard.
1: Uh, Yeah, but I think also like the, for people who leave clay You know, and I'm just saying this for my own self too. It also like gives you like a well-rounded. You know, you can talk to a lot of different people about a lot of different things, but sometimes you can only talk about clay to clay people. You know what I mean? So I'll talk
0: about clay to anybody. That's
1: exactly what I'm talking about. You you see what I'm saying? Like,
0: (laughs) Um, okay, here's some stuff I'm curious about because I think about it all the time you for a little bit had a line of like cups that you were casting as like pretty much a side project, right? Like it, and you would just cast them, glaze them and usually stick decals on them. Right.
3: I've throughout the years done all sorts of different hustles. Is what yeah. I'll, <laughs> call, is what I'll yeah. call those. Um, and.
0: That's I good. Cause I'll, that's, that's what I want to hear you talk about too, is like, is the hustle worth it it does does it ever pay off
3: well i think the hustle's worth it at different times for different things and that's why i do it at the capacity that i do yeah so when i was young and in philly i was almost daily going to ikea buying like whatever scratch and dent ceramics they had because that's all I could literally afford I couldn't even buy
1: the real real (laughs)
3: Ikea (laughs) Um, buying the scratch and dent and like putting decals and then like peddling those wares at weekend sales so that I could buy real clay to then make more expensive pots to then sell at the clay studio gallery which would take (laughs) half of my money you know it was like it was just this like string like a ponzi together.
1: scheme yeah it was like, like a, a ponzi, ponzi scheme, scheme
3: within myself <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and then if i sold enough of the enough of the like platters or you know like real clay objects then i could have fun to make sculpture right and so that was kind of how i thought about it for a long time like um it's
1: the ouroboros
3: it's like the, there's like this new phenomenon on TikTok where people like start with one thing that's minuscule and then like trade to like get a house or something. That's
2: kind of how I felt
3: about like what I was, what I was doing. Um, and now I, I really just make cups and jewelry as asked to like participate in either a special sale or an auction or like a cup show or a jewelry show. Um, and I think it comes down to that curiosity thing. Like, it's so weird. I either love, um, figuring something out or repeating something mindlessly, but the in-between is like no fun for me. I don't know. It's strange. So, um, I I just, I'm not, I'm not making things. Um, I don't want to make things that just feel like work anymore or just feel like churning um and so the jewelry and the cups they've started to feel like that because I've like got them to the point where I want them to be um that doesn't mean like I won't make another cup or design another pair of jewel of earrings or something but um so right now the only place I'm selling either of those items are 50 paces away down the street from me is a like a lovely gift shop, Vital Pomona. And um, that feels right right now. Like I want, I want the work that I do that's small, that I want people to have and take away and be able to afford. I want it in my own backyard right now. Um, It feels appropriate. And then the big, like weird, dumb stuff that nobody ever even conceives about buying or taking home. Like that's, that's kind of the stuff that I want to put out there. I think, but yeah, Yeah. the hustle, the side hustle, side hustle within your same normal hustle, it's kind of a racket. It's a little bit like, it's a little bit like teaching and working too, right? Like yeah, if you teach so much of what you do, sometimes it is hard for you to want to do it in your studio. Um, You know, it's just hard. So I think I think I'm starting to understand that or I'm just I'm getting to a point where it's it's wearing off like once you've made like how many how many pairs of earrings need to exist how many mugs does this world really need I don't know
1: Man you're going through it with you're you're really going I know. through it I've been, it's, I've, I been here for, I've been here
3: for a while it's wow. uh it's a strange place to be
1: I love it. I mean, it's—I love it because it's like I feel like I've been there. I mean, I've definitely been there, but also, you know, like I took a couple years off of ceramics. Like I took a couple years off of listen uh, whatever. But I took a couple years off of ceramics.
0: Kami fully ejected from well, everything for a little bit.
1: Well, and was, you worked
0: at a re a a
1: thr- a secondhand
0: store. store that sends me text messages to tell me that stuff is on sale all the time.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> I worked at a thrift store and you know, like, I fucking, yeah, love thrift stores, like, just like you. Sounds like you, yeah. But, I mean, I, but I couldn't. I was in, you know, when you're surrounded by thrift store shit and you love thrift store shit, like, it's really overwhelming. Like, that was a lot of it was a big job, but also, like, there's so much stuff. Like, people would, like, yeah. trucks would come in and drop off all this stuff, like ceramics and glass and important stuff and garbage stuff. And like, I've been, I've seen it all. I've seen everything. Coffins, sex dolls, like Nazi knives, um, you know, diapers, maxi (laughs) maxi pads from the sixties, like (laughs) crazy shit, like crazy shit that just like hoarder, hoarder shit, um, collections of magazines, collections of whatever. So like, when you see all that stuff like you don't need to make anything and it's almost like i could barely even think about anything because all i could think about was like the stuff and then sometimes i would like bring i would like see the thing and i'd become obsessed with it and i'd have to bring it home and then sometimes i would drag it back
2: i know it's hard
1: it was crazy but before that i was just like doing you know writing and performing and stuff but i was also teaching ceramics i was like getting really weird So I was barely making ceramics and I was also like, so what we're looking at here is, you know, the form, (laughs) like some, you know, it's just like kind of a weird life. So now, but now I'm sort of circled back to ceramics and I sort of love it again in a way that I there's, I wouldn't have loved it. Had I not taken that time off of from it so much time off of it.
0: Well, Uh, Anders and I have like talked about this before that, uh, If you don't like stop making work like at one of the times where it makes, where it's sort of like more excusable, like right when you finish school, um, that if you stick with it for a little bit, that there's like no easy exit ramp that people, like if you, if you stop, like if I, if I stop now, like nobody would right nobody's going to like lose sleep over it. But at least in my head, I'm going to every. I'm going to think that everybody thought like, oh, like Gus finally gave up, right? Yeah. It's like, and, and that's, it's like, like yeah. It, well, that's it, the,
2: yeah. That's the
3: other thing that I've been thinking about is um, like, is this, is it about proof? Like what, like, and I guess this is me also, um, like I did the, I did the thing I said I wanted to do with this. And it turns out that I didn't actually like it that much.
0: You yeah.
2: Know? Well, <laughs> so okay. like, what else I, do I? I, I,
0: <laughs> I don't know how much you want to talk talk about it, but well, it, this I, just I've always thought that was like the most, and like the kind of the craziest things that that Bobby, that people also like kind of gawk at with Bobby is like the idea of walking away from a tenured track or a 10-year job. Like, and, yeah. uh, and just sort of being like, oh, this isn't quite what I... <laughs> This isn't quite what I thought it was going to be like Um, and then but also like having the confidence to to go try something else because that I mean that must have been really scary to leave that job and the security of that place.
3: It was it was it was less scary than necessary, Do you know, like it wasn't. um, It was tough because I knew what could come out of it right like y'all having y'all as friends and students and knowing that what we could make happen there um was super exciting but it was at the cost of my healthiness and sanity and I just and it's you know I wish I could say it's that place or it's that town or it was that boss or it was that colleague or it was it's none of that it's all just um it wasn't right like it wasn't the right It wasn't the right fit. It wasn't the right spot. And I I think in the end, um, for as much control as I like to have, I don't like being in charge.
2: (laughs) I just
3: don't (laughs) like being the end of the line. Um, (laughs) It's really funny. But I would have never known that. I would have never known that. And I would have never had the amazing new and different teaching experiences um, that I've had since I left that place. I would have just stuck there, and for me, that's it. felt It just for a person that um, for a person that thrives on creating space, like physically, emotionally, I just didn't feel like I could continue. Like I would never have the the opportunity to do that again. I just had to keep building the same thing. It felt like a death sentence or a trap. Didn't feel like a gift to stay stuck in one spot um and so yeah i don't think i even i don't know that i really understood the capacity of a tenure track job before i was pretty much needing to apply to receive it and i was yeah. just like
1: no no thank you wow. I'm good <laughs> that's like, yeah that's like a <laughs> lifetime amy thank you so much for being on our podcast it was so nice to meet you and talk to you i i feel like i'm I feel like I kind of like love you and wish hope that we could be friends, you know?
3: No, this is awesome. I'm so thankful that, yeah, Cammy. I feel like I know you. I mean, we practically grew up together. I know. I feel like same town, same age. <laughs> yeah. We get to share Gus.
1: Yeah, right. Awesome. Um, if you, I could lend them out to you.
0: Yeah, Cammy's not quite as keen on me, I think, as you might be.
3: <laughs> West West Coast welcomes you. I mean, yeah. don't don't come here now. They okay. Won't let okay. You in. okay.
1: <laughs> I love that. You're like Cammy's not as keen on me, and I'm like, we just spent like every holiday together.
0: Yeah, and actually, also a year. It's really fucking- weird. Yeah, we, we like a year ago, Cammy and I were like
1: friends, <laughs> but didn't
0: really hang out. We, we we just spent Thanksgiving and Christmas together oh, no, this it's year. Like
1: Uber. <laughs> Well, that's what this thing does. It just like fast tracks things. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. Know. Anyway, yeah. sorry to make that about us really. Yeah. Well, I mean, but it is our podcast. But it's our- <laughs> <laughs> <It's your> pod- <laughs> I mean, no, thank you for real. Thank uh, you. Thank you. It's Thanks for coming so on. Amy. Thanks, Thanks for everything.
0: Talk miss- to you. Cammy, we're back, and we're back, and Amy and changed my life, and I love talking to her.
1: Yes, I know, Gus. You keep telling me over and over and over.
0: And I don't know if you know this, but I like Amy, and I oh, like talking geez. to her.
1: I like Amy, too, and she is going to change my life someday as well.
0: I know. I just need to, maybe, yeah, maybe soon she can come visit, and, um, or I can go visit her. Yeah, everybody should should give her a follow and if you get the chance to work with her, you should. Um, she's like brilliant. Brilliant, really amazing professor. I feel so fortunate that I got to work with her for a year and that I still get to be her friend and talk to her. She <sighs> gave me the she gave me the title for my most recent show.
1: Which was what?
0: A sucker for the souvenir. Uh. And by gave it, I mean she said it and I took it. And then I peer pressured her into letting me use it. Um, but that's the kind of person she is. She let me use it.
1: We get it, Gus.
0: Yeah, she's the best. <laughs> yeah. She, I mean, I don't remember if we talked about it or not. The, like my work in grad school, two years after I had worked with her, was all made because of like a project that she made me do when I was a post What was it? um she had this project and i like cut a cup in half and glazed it back together with like thick gloopy glaze and then i didn't do anything with it for like two years and then i started using it to make paintings
1: oh no way
0: yeah early gloop days
1: that's cool yeah yeah you never know that's like the that's the best thing that i've heard on this whole entire podcast
0: well did I not say any of this? The, so I had this like weird gloop technique in my back pocket. And this was like before the glaze gloop epidemic that we're still living through right now. Sure. Um, so there were definitely like gloopers out there but not that many. And, uh, and I like had this gloop technique and I was like, I don't know what to do with it. And then Matt Merkel has posted a picture of these pancake paintings that he was making with his kids yeah like with colored pancake batter
1: yeah during the pandemic
0: no but he posted one back in like 2015
1: oh okay
0: or 2016 maybe and i saw it and i was like because i followed him on instagram i didn't know him um but i liked his work a lot and he posted it and i was like oh shit i know exactly what to do with that gloop and then i started making drawings with it
1: oh Matt, this shout out to matt merkel Hess, and he's going to hear that and he's going to be like wow
0: i think i told him i show up i show a screenshot of his instagram in my artist talk because it was so influential
1: no way i had no yeah. idea yeah so matt merkel Hess teaches at brooklyn clay yeah oh.
0: and the 92nd street Y. he's taking over my saturday morning class oh, so oh i can man. sleep in on saturday morning i
1: love it we just have come Woo. full circle gus what a day
0: Thanks for listening, everybody.
1: Thanks for listening. See you on the other. See you in a few hours, Gus.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> okay,
1: bye. Bye, bye everybody.